Good morning. How are we doing? Good? Yeah, I think so. I think so. We've heard already of the promise that God gave to Abraham that he would be a father of many nations and through him they will be blessed. And this is God's master plan to recover humanity back into relationship with him. Now we can move 900 years forward to the story of the dedication of the temple in Jerusalem, the one that Solomon had built for the glory of the Lord. Before that ceremony takes place, Solomon prays, asking that the temple would be the place where God would hear and see and enact with his people the desires of his heart. But his prayer wasn't limited to Israel. His prayer was that all the nations would come and see and know that he is good. In 2 Chronicles 6.32, we have this. This is Solomon's prayer, or part of it. In the future, foreigners who do not belong to your people Israel will hear of you. They will come from distant lands. And when they hear of your great name and your strong hand and your powerful arm, and when they pray towards this temple, then hear from heaven where you live and grant what they ask of you. In this way, all the people of the earth will come to know and fear you, just as your own people Israel do. 900 years later, there's a continuation of the heartbeat of God through his spirit in their leadership to see all nations come. And so you and I are caught up in this very journey. When Solomon had finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. And the priests could not enter the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. In the past, I'd seen this picture of the fire of God coming down and consuming the offerings and there being so much smoke that they couldn't see what was going on. But that's not the reality of why they couldn't minister. It wasn't smoke. It was the presence of God. It was known as the Shekinah glory, the manifest presence, the glory of God in his temple. It's the same glory that we see hovering over Mary as she conceives Jesus, the same glory that we see in the transfiguration of Christ on the mount where the disciples get to see him for who he is. When the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord on the temple, they bowed their faces to the ground on the pavement and worshipped. And praise the Lord saying, for he is good and his mercy endures forever. It wasn't a he is powerful, he is holy, he is far off. The moment of the presence of God and his glory filling that place caused them to cry out about his goodness and his mercy. Later on we find in 2 Chronicles 7 that God speaks to Solomon and he says this about the people who are called by his name. If then my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore the land. My eyes will be open and my ears are attentive to every prayer made in this place. For I have chosen this temple and set it apart to be holy, a place where my name will be honored forever I will always watch over it, for it is dear to my heart. And you too are that temple of God 
here in Bishop Stortford, a dwelling place of God in the spirit and dear to his heart. One of the founding verses that was given to this community when it was initiated was this from Isaiah 56 verse 7. And these I will bring to my holy mountain and give them joy in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and sacrifices will be accepted on my altar, for my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. Give her a big welcome. Thank you. Hello. Good morning, everybody. Oh, sorry. Good afternoon, everybody. <laughs> Um, thank you very much for, for that, Garrett. My name is Sophia Von Len. I um, joined CCBS in 2015. Um, I'm here with my family, um, my husband Louis, who has woken up and is here now. He wasn't here in the first one. And, <laughs> and um, my children, Sean and Siobhan, um, they're here as well. And we, we believe this is our home and we're happy here. So I'm delighted for the opportunity to share with you. So in the first meeting, I rushed. I literally was like, celebrity, get me out of here. And I <laughs> dashed out the stage. I'm going to take it slightly slower this time. So um, I am a teacher. I became a teacher shortly after Sean was born because I realized that I didn't, know, I didn't know anything about education. I didn't know how to help him. So I went into teaching. Now, then I realized that that was really what God wanted me to do. And being in education, you realize how how powerful your impact is as a teacher and the kind of impact you make on the children. And if I kind of ask around the room now, I'm sure you remember two types of teachers. So the one that made a really good impact and you will never ever forget no matter how long ago it was. And of course the one that you really did not like. So we keep those two in our heads all the time. So I'm gonna talk about the one I liked and she introduced me to Bible stories. Now, what stood out for me then was the way she would dramatize, the way she would sing. And I sang this in the first, no, I didn't sing it. I just said the, the line, one, one of the lines of the song and somebody came to me to say, could you just sing that song, please? So it was, it was um, the title of the song was God Moves in Mysterious Ways. But the only line I remember was, the angels are in heaven, have nothing to do but to ring the charming bell. And that stuck with me because I just felt angels were in heaven. They had bells going around and ringing it. Um, and one of the stories that, you know, she, she um, introduced to us then is in Genesis chapter 22, which is the focus of this um, message of mine. And it is about... Abraham and Sarah and Isaac. And God said, take your son. Now, he didn't just say take your son, he said take your only son. You know what the emphasis is. So they have been struggling to have a child. They didn't have a child for a long time. And now God is saying the child is fully grown. And somebody and I were discussing it during the, after the first meeting. We said, perhaps Isaac may have been an adult or a young teenager. And God says, now take this grown child and go and kill the child. Now, I remember that really well, and at that time when I was little, I was just thankful that God stopped him in time. As I grew older as a teenage Christian, these same stories came alive, but in a different way. What I saw now was that God was himself weaving a story through this twist and plots in the Old Testament. If we go to the next slide, um, I also imagined what it was, it was like because you know, here's Abraham saying, God has said this to me. And he says, to, um, Sarah, you know, this child that we've been waiting for for so long, God has now said, let's go sacrifice the child. And I just imagined, you know, like behind the scenes kind of stories. I imagine Sarah, you know, 
posting on our Instagram. <laughs> and the hashtag, hashtag LOL. <laughs> hashtag angels saying weird things. Hashtag my husband is about to sacrifice my son. You know, so those kind of things. And I can just imagine what it would have been like. But as we know, she was a woman of faith and Isaac also was a child of faith because Isaac asks a really important question, which is what is going to lead us into um, the main crux of the message. He asks his father, I can see everything. I'm used to this. I'm used to the sacrifice. I see the fire. I see the wood. Where exactly is the meat? Where is the lamb that we need? And Abraham replied to him and said, God himself will provide. God himself will see to it that there is a lamb for the bond offering. And that was enough for Abraham. That was the faith. And he moved on. And we see that by the time they get there and just before Abraham will do the deed and God asks him to stop. Now, what I love about this is because of that act of obedience. Next slide, please. Because of that act of obedience, God said, I swear by myself. And this, if you read in Hebrews where it talks about the fact that God could not swear by anything else but himself because he is the greatest. I swear by myself. Because you have done this, you have not withheld your son. I will bless you. I will make you great. And he said, through you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Wow. Now, this is Abraham, one son, and yet God is making this pronoun pronouncement into the future. And we, we carry on, we see that prophetic declaration all the way to Ephesians chapter 2, where it shows us that that promise was fulfilled in Jesus. Yes. You know, the Bible says there that there, there were the Jews and there were the Gentiles, and there was this middle wall of partition. There was this barrier. And the only way God could destroy that barrier, break it down, was to do the exact same thing he had asked Abraham to do, to give his son. The Bible says in John chapter 3, verse 16, for God so loved that he gave. It is the action that he took that made the difference. You know, we could go into Bible, um, Bible exegesis and look at the, what Bible scholars have said, that the area where Abraham was about to carry out that sacrifice was the same place that Jesus was, was crucified. Now, fine, we, we like the physical similarities, but the most important thing is the spiritual, spiritual similarity, the fact that Jesus came, broke this middle wall of hostility, broke this middle wall of partition, and united under God one family. So in Ephesians chapter 2, it says, So then, you are no longer a stranger. You are no longer a foreigner. But you are fellow citizens of the saints and are of God's household. The rest of it says that Jesus himself is the cornerstone. In other words, he is holding it together. He is the anchor. He has united on that God one family. And so it doesn't matter whether you're, you're black, you're white, you're green, you're blue, the color of your hair, you're big, you're slim, you're tall, you're fat, whatever. God is saying, come to me into my family. Come through Jesus and be one family under me. You might be sitting here today and thinking, oh my God, what is this family business? Now, I am extending the invitation to you. Come into the family of God. Come through Jesus. He himself is the head of our family. He himself, he is the cornerstone. He, the, the family is his responsibility. And that's the inv invitation today. And I'm going to leave you with the words of this song. It says that through the blood, 
the blood of Jesus Christ. We are reigning in this life. He has chosen us, and we are more than conquerors. We are redeemed. We are liberated. We are one family under God. Father, we give you praise. Thank you because we are one family under you. We are one family in Christ. Thank you that Jesus came and broke that middle wall of partition and has brought us together as one under you. We are grateful to you. Thank you for the fulfillment of your promise. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. amen. amen.